Hello and welcome to the Fishcast. We are the world's first and foremost fishman's podcast. I am Ray Carlton. I'm Christian Garcia. Yeah, I realized that we never actually, like, we haven't been introducing ourselves over the past few episodes like a real podcast should do. It's okay, you know who we are. You know who we are, but we kind of just started out and said, oh, hey, let's talk about Fishman's. All right, so we're sort of entering, like, the second phase, you could call it, of the Fishcast, because our last episode, we went over the audience rankings, and we kind of closed out that first opening era of Fishman's. So now we're entering into the Setagaya Trilogy. What does that mean? The Setagaya Trilogy is thought to consist of the final three Studio Fishman's albums, being Kuchu Camp, Long Season, and Uchu Nippon Setagaya. Yeah, no, I don't think the band actually called it the Setagaya Trilogy. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to ask you. Everyone calls it the Setagaya Trilogy, but like, is this official, or is it just like... A fan thing. It's probably it's a fan thing, like it's it's not official. So yeah, I mean it makes sense because the three albums definitely have like stylistic similarities, and it feels like an era in a way that none of their other albums kind of combine to create. But I feel like an unintentional effect of this is like when the fan comes up with this trilogy that the band never intended. It kind of separates these three albums from their earlier albums. These are the good albums, is what people are saying. Which is why people don't listen to their earlier albums, probably, because they just think, well, I just gotta listen to these three and I'm good. Bad. But I mean, these albums are great, and we'll get into why. But before that, we have a little tiny piece of news, I guess, regarding our friend and former co-host, One Chops or Jake from the UK. He has this really cool list on Rate Your Music where he's like been translating Fishman's lyrics into English because he actually speaks some Japanese and he's able to do it in a way that's a little bit more accurate and clear than just like throwing the lyrics onto Google Translate. But uh, the official Rate Your Music Twitter page actually tweeted about his list and it was retweeted by the band, by Fishman's, and um, or at least whoever runs their Twitter account. And they basically said that his list was really cool and they were glad that someone was putting in the work. So, I mean, that was really cool for us to see since we know him. We're proud of you, Jake. <laughs> we're so proud of you, Jake. Also, we're probably going to have you back on the show at some point. But yeah, if you ever want to check out Fishman's lyrics, I know we don't talk about them as much anymore as we used to because we have like other things to talk about. But just find One Chops on Rate Your Music, or you can just go to their Twitter and find the tweet about his list. Also, I assume if you're listening to this podcast and you use Rate Your Music at all, you know who One Chops is. <laughs> One so. Chops. But no, that, that was so cool. Just the fact that like they care about someone putting in that work to translate their stuff. <laughs> Good job. Good and we'll yeah. be going over some of those translated lyrics today. Wait. <clears throat> Damn, we working. Alright. Alright, so as I said, today we'll be talking about Kuchu Camp, which is the fifth studio album by Fishman's. And this is sort of the point where they begin solidifying more of a dream poppy kind of sound, as opposed to their early, more like reggae-ish dub stuff. And this is also the point where I become like Chris, and I start to think that everything the band does is perfect, and I have no complaints. <laughs> Save for a couple tracks. Just so we'll but get yeah. into that. So basically the background on this album, Fishman signed with Polydor Records after the release of O Mountain. Shout out. And Polydor is like a huge international label. They've been home to artists like The Who, James Brown, Elton John, and Lana Del Rey. Wait, who? 
the Who? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and Polydor also gave the band their famous Waikiki Beach studio, which is not in Hawaii, it is in Japan. But this is a pretty big move. Um, I couldn't find too much info on like what prompted Polydor to sign the band, but I can only assume it was due to their like growing success after like Neo Yankees, Ikaretsa Baby, and Orange. Now maybe Polydor like um, predicted that in 20 or 30 years the internet would go crazy for them. Like, <laughs> They're oh, like, hey, no one cares about these guys now, but if we sign them, we'll make a lot of money in like 2020. <laughs> that's marketing, baby. So either way, that's really cool. They played a big show when, once they signed to Polydor. That was actually the last show that um, Hakase was part of because he did leave the group after their move to Polydor. Goodbye. But this sort of meant that the band was free to shift up their sound and they started working more heavily with other collaborators such as Hanzi on violin and guitarist Shinye Kogure of Hicksville, which is another Japanese band. So they're sort of changing up their sound a little bit, even more so than they did with Orange. <coughs> you okay? <laughs> yeah, okay, we're good. Cool. So the first single that they released on Polydor was Night Cruising, which was released in November of 1995. This really signaled their shift in sound a lot. It sounds totally different from anything else they've done, and we'll get into that. But um, Kuchu Camp, or Aerial Camp, as it is translated, was the album that dropped the following February in 1996. Only eight tracks on it, pretty sparse. They're kind of following in that direction of orange. But these tracks are a little bit longer and more substantial. Better. So here's a question. Many sources list the title translation as something in the air instead of aerial camp. And on the cover, it does say something in the air in English, but like that's not the title, right? It's Kuchu Camp. <laughs> um, I think the fact that it's called aerial camp and the fact that on the cover it says something in the air, people just call it whatever they want. You know? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Please call it Kuchu Camp and please call it Aerial Camp. Yeah, like clearly the katakana in the title says like Kampu, so it's it's saying camp. It's not like a Japanese word. Clearly. <laughs> clearly. We expect everyone to know katakana. Just believe us. And <laughs> Just Jake. believe us. So yeah, this cover art, it's honestly my favorite Fishman's album cover, I think. It's just <laughs> so like it really captures that like quirky vibe of the band members. It does, but it's not as good as the, the Uchu cover. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> now that the band is a trio after Hakase's departure, we see Shinji, Motogi, and Yuzuru like floating above some sort of outdoor like desert scene, and they have big smiles on their face. It's very clear that they're like not actually floating, and it was like a poor Photoshop. <laughs> but like the, the resolution that they're in, and like the pixels, and even the color saturation are like not matching their surroundings. You know, it could have been intentional. <laughs> oh, it was definitely intentional. <laughs> but it's very goofy, it captures the eclectic nature of the album. And also like, I was looking at the album's physical release, like the back cover and the sleeves. The album's back cover on the physical version has like a picture of all these cows, and it looks like it's in some like European hillscape. It oh. doesn't match the front cover at all, it's really weird. <laughs> Good for them. But I think that sort of represents the album, because every track here is very different. Like, they're really playing with a wide variety of sounds on this thing. Ah, but it is consistent. <laughs> yes. In a weird sort of way. <laughs> You're gonna have fun editing this one. <clears throat> Alright, so let's get into our adjectives for this one. So I think, uh, if I remember correctly, Chris, last episode, got the adjective T, but he, like, didn't come up with any words because he's an unprofessional podcast host. This so I true. guess uh, we decided he'll actually just do T on this episode to make up for last time. So what you got? 
Give me a second. Okay. That's what I thought. I didn't, I just had to make sure the definition of one of my adjectives was correct. Uh, and that, that adjective is temperamental. Temperamental? I guess I just, I read like, you know, susceptible to like rapid changes of mood. And like, that's kind of what this album yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it definitely has some of like the highs and lows in terms of emotion on exactly. any Fishman's record. It's got it all. I think a lot of the previous Fishman's albums were just more consistently like pleasant, mm -hmm. but this one is definitely kind of moody. This one may or may not be obscure, but I've never seen it written out and it looks kind of silly. Twilight. Twi like Twilight, but like as an adjective Twilight. Oh, it's, it's Twilight. <laughs> That's Explain. Only, uh, I don't know. That's just like the time of day. Okay. I yeah. Imagine this album taking place in. But that's just a person. Interesting. Thing. We'll get into that. I think the time of day kind of like changes depending on what song you're in. I think it gets into Twilight. Okay. I like, would agree with you. Okay. There you go. Uh, and then Tangy. Tangy. That was kind of tangy. Ooh, you should have said that one for Orange Man. I know, but uh, it, oh. it is kind of spicy though. Yeah, but since I missed my opportunity. Yeah, no, I think <laughs> I think that goes along with the temperamental. It's sort of like, it's a little, it's a little saucy. It has a bite, I guess you could say. I mean, I mean, I could have used the word bite because the letter I got was B, but I did not. My first adjective was banging, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. While Orange might have been Fishman's most like rockin', groovin' album, I think this album actually goes the hardest in terms of like beats. The emphasis on like really clean Fishman's type beats. <laughs> the emphasis on like really clean production and Zach's like really, really clean like electronic flourishes really make this album bang. And some of it is really like hip hop influenced. Probably the most so out of any Fishman's album, right? I would agree. Yeah. They, the tracks they go they go kinda hard. Uh, my second adjective was buoyant. <laughs> That's Loki a funny word. Boring. Boy, no, I love this album. It's buoyant. <laughs> no, I like tracks like Baby Blue and Sunny Blue are like so bouncy and full of life. And this record just feels like you're floating. Like, because I, I, the cover, you know, they're floating. Wow. No, but even even when the tracks get a little bit heavier, it's never dragging you down. It's always just grooving like really, really hard. And it's, it's bouncy. And then my third adjective is best. Because this is the best Fishman studio album, in my opinion. I'm gonna let Ray take the rest of this podcast episode. I'm gonna go take a nap. Uh, it's not my favorite album from them, but I think the level of range the band shows here is more impressive than any of their other albums. And let it let it be known that I uh, <laughs> disagree very heavily. Uh, uh, is this the first time that I'm like more positive on an album than Chris? I feel like we've said this before. Ah, like, all right. Yeah, you've asked that question before. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> cool. Want to get into these tracks? <laughs> yes, I do. Track number one is Zutomai, or Long Before. So the opening to this track feels like completely weightless. Mm -hmm. You have this beautiful guitar tone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, let me let me say, uh, I don't know, for about a month or two, this was my favorite Fishman song. And you weren't wrong. Like it's so <laughs> good. It, it really like puts the dream in Dream Pop. Wow, man. Uh, uh. Also, that like uh, <laughs> the melody. Oh yeah. 
Oh man. Oh, like because they play it on like a synthetized, synthetized, a synthesized string sound, and it sounds beautiful. Yeah, this is a perfect introduction to this new sound of Fishman's because it really doesn't sound like anything else that they've done. Also, Shinji's vocal performance here is one of my favorite. He really so like funny. It's it's kind of funny. Yeah, he hits these like really high notes, and he's just like he feels loose. And I was gonna ask you, like, is it just me or does the songwriting on Kuchu and Beyond start to get like a little bit more free flowing than the earlier stuff? Well, yeah, see, seeing as like their last song was like you were making the air, which yeah. has like no structure <laughs> at all. They, like they were definitely building towards no structure. Yeah, but like not even in terms of song structure. I'm, I guess I'm talking about like the delivery of the lyrics. Like I think if you go back and listen to like something like Walkin or even like Doyobi no Yoru, Shinji is he's singing in this very like just line after line. You know, it's kind of like a normal song structure. But I feel like once you hit Kuchu. Shinji is almost just, he's not even like tethered to the, the rhythm. He kind of just sings these like long-winded, it's almost like speak singing. He's rapping. He, he, it's almost like rapping, but it's not quite. But it, it's definitely on this album, but maybe more so on Uchu. There's a few parts on that album where he's really just like spitting syllables. And you're not sure. It's, it's just cool. It doesn't feel like he's as locked into the groove as he was before. He is his own man. He is his own <laughs> He's like man. floating above the track. And he does it here. It's really cool. But I, I love it, yeah. If I had to describe the vibe of this track, it's like a hazy island. Because I think those guitars have that classic, like, Hawaiian kind of, like, lazy sound. You know, where they go like, wow. But They're just washed out. It's just washed out, yeah. Reverb. Oh, man. But when... the, the track doesn't do it in, like, a, a cliche way. Like, it, it doesn't sound like they're making, like, Hawaiian music. You know what I mean? It's just, they use it as, like, a tool to evoke something a bit more kind of strange. It's one of their best openers. It's one of their best openers. It's their second best opener. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's very clearly like meant to be an opening track. Like oh, we'll, yeah. we'll probably talk more about the the structure of this album lately, but I, I couldn't imagine this anywhere else because it so clearly like feels like an introduction to this world. Um, so yeah, and there's a, there's a great trip hop element to this track in particular. This great beat. Also, the little staccato guitar notes that play like in the verses. Oh, <laughs> so good. Um, the only flaw of the song for me is that there are well, it's not a flaw with the song. It's just that like there would be lots of live versions of the song later uh -huh. on, where they'd really like stretch it out to like nine or ten minutes, and they'd include some really cool stuff from Hanzi. That like those are kind of the versions that I return to, like the version on Hachigatsu or the one at like Liquid Room. These versions are truly like that song for me. So when I hear it on the album, it's almost like just a preview of the actual song. But it's still like incredible. Yeah, you could say that. I, it's kind of like the difference. I mean, I guess a lot of their studio tracks into their live versions, but probably the most notable one would be like Long Season, where clearly the live version of Long Season that shows up on 98 is the definitive version of the track. <laughs> but the other one's good too. <laughs> well, that and also like the other one's like less intimidating to listen to. Yeah. Like this that is more of an event. This is just kind of like a track, and it's great. Yeah. So if I wanted to hear Zutomai and not feel anything incredible, I would listen to this. Yeah. One. And I think the shorter version works well on the album because I don't know if the album had opened with like this huge ten-minute colossus if it really would have had like the same sort of flow. So there's mm. no way to know. There's no way to know. Um, I was looking at Chops's translations for the lyrics, and I don't have really too much to say on this album in terms of lyrics, but this track had some really nice ones. Um, there's like a persistent vibe of loneliness throughout this album, like all the lyrics kind of refer to being alone in like a city, 
And there were some cool lines like, that girl who gazes at the gaps in the night through the window. I am currently living alone in a very, very quiet room. Very, very lonely laughing. I feel lonesome, like an abandoned dog. Oh. It's so sad. Which is weird to me, because like the track almost feels triumphant without knowing the lyrics. Or if not triumphant, at least at peace. But no, he's like, I'm basically just a dog in the street. Like, I don't know if he's going that hard. Maybe. I think he's just saying he's just a little lonely. Uh, he'll get more lonely throughout the album. <laughs> oh, man. Anything else you got to say about Zutomai? Zutomai. <laughs> Was that it? <laughs> That's it. Nice. All right, that brings us to track two, Baby Blue. This is the most popular Fishman song, at least on Spotify. And you know why? I don't know why the, the, this happened, but it was on everybody's playlist when Fishmans were added to Spotify. Yeah, what's that? It's that playlist they make at the end of the year where they like recommend you. It's like Spotify Discover, right? Yeah, and this this was the song they chose to put. This was I also think a single. I know why. I think like Spotify Discover, they're gonna recommend you artists that are a little bit like under the radar. And I think enough people, because this happened in like 2018-ish, right? I think enough people at that time had been listening to Long Season. It was kind of like during that Rate Your Music breakthrough, like that renaissance. And those people were probably listening to like Death Grips and all those artists and like MGMT, Little Dark Age, stuff like that. So I think that everyone else who was listening to like Death Grips, MGMT, any sort of like big Rate Your Music stuff in 2018, they probably got like what the other Rate Your Music people were listening to. So, which was Fishman's. <laughs> I, but it very closely corresponded with when Fishman's got added to Spotify, which was oh. 2018. They weren't always on Spotify. Are you saying it's a conspiracy? No, 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 no. <laughs> Did Fishman's pay off Spotify to put themselves on a playlist? I guess Spotify, <laughs> the moment, or like when Fishman's were added, I guess Spotify decided that Baby Blue was is the, the track that they should show people. Hey, if you were the Spotify exec who listened to all of Fishman's discography and decided that Baby Blue was your chosen song to show to the world, come on the show. We could really use your insight. Anyway, I'm, I'm kind of glad that this is the most popular one on Spotify. Like, it definitely deserves that. It's I, I would say it's better than Ikaretsa Baby in terms of being, like, a Fishman's pop song. I don't know if I'm... Um... <laughs> that glad that it's the most popular song but at the same time i don't know what like i i wouldn't want it to go to ikarata baby because this is better than that <laughs> it is but it's not like i hold that high of an opinion of this song it's oh, just it's man. so no no no. it's perfect okay don't worry it's perfect <laughs> it's just it's so ubiquitous now that i'm just yeah i mean i don't i guess it hasn't had that effect on me because i've been listening to the band for less than you but if, i don't know for me this is like truly just one of their like it's in my like top five Fishman songs, probably. Oh, I wouldn't say that. And, and it's less that it's worn off on me. It's more just like, it's just one of the perfect Fishman's tracks. Uh, I don't, yeah, yeah you know. Uh, we haven't even like talked about the song, but there's this like, <laughs> there's that. this really cool. I mean, it's, it's one of those songs where every single element kind of adds up into this like alchemical formula that makes a perfect song. So one of the elements is the bass line. It's like one of their best bass lines. It's so bouncy and juicy. It's a buoyant, it's a buoyant bass line. Oh. And then, of course, the flute is probably That's... like the crown jewel of the track. Without the flute, the track would be like half as good as it is. 
And the flute's just playing like three notes. Oh, it's so it's so lush. Those though. are the three best notes. <laughs> also, like I matched the song up with Flamingo, and it's on our YouTube channel, uh, Flamingo by Caro Caro Benito, and it, it's basically the same song. <laughs> so go listen to that. <laughs> but uh, I, it literally in my notes I just wrote the song. Like the first track. <laughs> was like a, a really wonderful introduction to the album. But like This the is moment, where the album starts. Yeah, the <laughs> album starts here and it's like it's so good. Yeah. It's this so song good. is basically vaporwave, right? What? <laughs> it makes me feel like vaporwave. I know it's not it doesn't sound like vaporwave, but it makes me feel like vaporwave aesthetics make me feel. Am I wrong? <sighs> like very loose. Like it also reminds remember like C Punk? That whole movement on like Tumblr? Yeah. Where there, it's like cyberpunk, but instead of like cities and technology, it was like 3D dolphins and stuff. Yes. Like that's what the song makes me think of. Really? I see like a 3D ocean with like pixelated little waves and Shinji's like swimming. I, I like the, I think they're only like tangentially related because blue's in the title. And like, I don't know, blue's the color of the ocean. Uh, uh, I don't know, like I get what you're saying, but I, I would never make that connection. What does it make you think of? Flutes. Oh, flutes. Uh, he says bukake in the song. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't actually say bukake. It just sounds like it. <laughs> um, what else? Yo, the big goofy drums. There are these big like drums in the song, and they're very aggressive and like bouncy. Are they the ones that like start the track up? Yeah, they start the track up, but they also reappear. And every time they reappear, I'm kind of like, okay. <laughs> they're kind of it's it's the Modigi drum sound. That's, yeah. Those are like the, the like the. But still, like the song is really dynamic. There's a section in the middle where the instrumentation is kind of switched up. You have this like violin moment from Hanzi where everything really builds. There's this really cool crescendo, and then it kind of drops back into that thing. I know. So I know, Chris, your problem with this track is that you say it's a little bit too long. It's not a problem. Oh, I don't not, actually. Yeah, I, I disagree. I yeah, I don't actually think. It, I don't think it's too long, but I, I know what people. It reaches would a say. point where it starts kind of like doing the same thing over and over again. But for me, like the thing that it's doing is so perfect. I, I could live in this song for like twenty years. Oh yeah, no, that's how I feel. Okay, I, cool. Yeah, because I know um, one person in particular. That person being Kyle. If you're listening to this, I'm calling you out. Uh, he said the song's really boring. I think it's because it's like six minutes. It's a lot of like that boring, that flute melody being repeated, especially near the end. It doesn't really end. See, I don't understand how someone could listen to like long season and think that that is interesting, but then th listen to this and think that it's boring. This is like so engaging. This is like just an immediate like sugar rush into your veins. Kyle, we're coming after you. Okay, I don't, I don't even know Kyle. All right, <laughs> anything else about Baby Blue? A perfect song. It's the actual beginning of the album. And then the album comes to like a crashing halt with the third track, <laughs> Slow Days. Um, so actually, this has a cool cameo appearance. Sugary Yoshinaga from Orange, the Buffalo Daughter guitarist who we misgendered on our show. She <laughs> reappears to play guitar Wonderful. on this track. Also, let it be known that the album does not come to a crashing halt. Oh no, I was just here. joking. Uh, this is the worst song on the album. That does not mean it comes to a crashing halt. 
But yeah, so this one, it definitely is like the black sheep of the album in terms of it sounds very different. And like this album is really dynamic, but for some reason, this one just, it definitely sounds like it's from the orange era. It has this like really guitar heavy sound that's kind of jarring after the chill vibe of the first two tracks. And I guess I was reading online that some people speculate that like Sugar's inclusion implies that this was written and maybe even recorded like during the orange sessions, but no one's really sure. It, sound, so it sounds like Orange, but it also kind of sounds like Coochie. Yeah, it sounds too much like Coochie for me to think that it was from Orange. And also, like, some of the English lyrics in the song say Orange Days, Orange Sky. I think it's a good thing it didn't end up on Orange. It's like, it's definitely a spiritual <laughs> sequel to Orange. I don't know, I, I guess so. this track is really good. But, um, yeah, but I wonder if, if it was if it had been on Orange, it might have been one of those songs that's on an album where like it's kind of serving as the title track because it has a lyric that is the title. Oh, yeah. Because he's saying Orange in the song, but like that's not the title of the song. I get that's that's the reason I didn't want it to be on Orange. That would just be really <laughs> dumb. Orange. Um. Yeah. No. It's like what's strange about this the vibe of this track is that it feels super aggressive due to that guitar tone, but like it's pretty laid back. So it, it occupies this weird middle ground where like, I can't really relax when I'm listening to the song because like the guitar goes too hard, but I also can't really like groove out. I think that's, it, it's stuck in this strange little like tonal That's true, but there is, there is a nice little breakdown before like the final Yeah, chorus. the middle. Oh, Ooh, that's, oh, that's really good. It gets like super spacey and the really aggressive guitar breaks from the mix and then it kind of, it drops back into that part eventually. But um, I think this track, what I wrote down is that it kind of evokes the album cover, since it feels like you're trying to like float and like escape the pull of gravity, but you end up like coming back down to the earth. Oh, and that, that guitar kind of represents like the grainy texture of the, the, the earth below you. Wow, you really are an English teacher. I really <laughs> like um, Shinji's vocals near the end of this. They get really bad. Oh yeah, this is, <laughs> we forgot to say that like the Setagaya trilogy is also the point where Shinji just starts sounding like a baby on every song. And he really just starts wailing at the top of his lungs. I think they sound great here. Like yeah, he's, I don't think he's they in sound tune. <laughs> yeah, he just sounds like a crying baby. Yeah, this this song is. I guess it's just kind of it's jarring. That's the word that I would use. But it's jarring. and It's also kind of boring. I I think I I love it. After a couple of listens, I really like this song. It opens itself up to you. I really like this song. Don't, don't but honestly, I guess my my only hot take would be I think it really is just like that harsh guitar tone draws me out of it a little. And I think that's Sugar I, Yoshinaga. Yeah, but like, I didn't... So I don't think they should have brought her back. <laughs> I think the guitar is fine. I don't know. I, or just the way it's mixed, maybe. I don't know. I, don't know, maybe. I mean, it's beautiful. It's perfect. This is a perfect uh, we're really nitpicking at this point. <laughs> Anything else you got about Slow Days? Slow Days. It's, you're just going to keep saying the names <laughs> of the songs. It's, it's good. All right. Uh, track number four is Sunny Blue. Song's so cool. So I, I wrote banging. Wow, <laughs> that's is, one of your adjectives. This is objectively the hardest that Fishman's would ever go on a studio album, I think. Yeah. Like it's a it's a straight up like rock song. Wow, I think the the Hicksville mix version is a little better, but don't tell anyone I said uh, that. A. 
Um, Actually, wait, I don't think that's true, but it's really good. Listen my favorite it. part of the song is the little, like, ooh, those little moments that come in. Like, Shinji will say a line, and then in the background, there's like a ooh. Oh, yeah, on the, on the downbeat. I don't know if it's a sample or if it's like a vocal that they've just manipulated to sound like a sample, but it it's definitely very hip-hop. Ooh. I, I think <laughs> my favorite part of the track is that raucous, scraping synth tone that plays that melody. Raucous? Because it's a rock song? Yeah. It's such a, oh. You mean the synth melody that comes in about, like, halfway through? Yeah. Oh yeah. Do 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 do. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, th- this sounds like a like racing music or like a Sonic the Hedgehog kind of thing. It's true. <laughs> right? I looked at the lyrics and the lyrics are not about racing at all. It's just about like normal Fishman's kind of lyrical themes. But it really does sound like, or maybe, maybe you know those like arcade games where you like sit in like a fake little car mm-hmm. and there's like horrible graphics. And whenever you barely move the wheel, you like crash into a wall. Mm-hmm. That's what this sounds like the soundtrack to. <laughs> we mean that endearingly. But the song is like weirdly badass. Like the guitar stuff that Kogure is doing is really over the top. He's like shredding and being really noisy in a way that like pretty much no other Fishman's tracks do. At least on a studio on album. On a studio yeah. album. Yeah. And Shinji sounds like threatening on this track. But he also, he also still kind of sounds like a baby. That's, oh my god, that's literally what I wrote. He's like a threatening <laughs> I wrote, Shinji sounds kind of threatening on this track. Normally he sounds like baby, but here he sounds kind of badass. That's true. <laughs> oh, like, um, he, he sounds like <laughs> the boss baby. He sounds like a little punk. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, and that synth that joins the mix is really cool. It kind of, like, it feels like if this is a racing game, then that, that when that synth comes in, that's like the moment in a racing movie where they turn on, like, the nitro or they like nitro cold brew <laughs> chris works at starbucks um no it makes me feel like i'm drinking a gallon of nuclear gasoline like i'm just guzzling like and jet like, fuel yeah you walk out of the street and like kick someone's cotton, like child <laughs> i guess <laughs> no but this this is cool fishman's man it's I, so cool i think the only other fishman song that comes close to this in terms of just like the way it makes me feel is Doyobi no Yoru, not because of like the sound, but just because that song, they had like this effortless cool about them that they sort of have here too. Like when I listen to Shinji on this track, I don't think he's like a nerd, which he was. I think that he's like like a member of the Yakuza or something. I don't think he was either of those things. I think he was just like a dude. Oh, you're right. He's like a cool guy, you know. <laughs> Sunny Blue. Once again, this is kind of a song that would be expanded a lot to like insane lengths on future live albums. Man, that version on the, the 96 one, 96, 12, 12. Oh my god. Man. But this version is really good. Like, I think this one's different enough from those that it doesn't suffer. That's sort of the difference between this and um, Zutomai, is that Zutomai seems like it was only, like, expanded on the live albums, but this one was totally, like, re-envisioned. So when I listen to this studio version, I feel like I'm getting, like, a totally different song, which is good. It's amazing. I accidentally <laughs> hit the mic. I'm sorry. Uh, next track? Next? Wait, hold on. Sunny Blue. <laughs> uh, Alright, the next track is the lead single of the album, Night Cruising. Night Cruising. Um, so if Sunny Blue is the soundtrack to a crazy drag race in the middle of the day, city streets. I wonder where this is going. <laughs> night cruising is the soundtrack to you just cruising around at night. And it's true. Uh, I can attest to this. I've cruised around at night to the song. <laughs> so have I. Oh. We did it together. Oh. Um, 
So here is where I wanted to talk about the sequencing on this album. I think up until this point it's been perfect, but I don't know if this track works really well directly after Sunny Blue, because like that song is so hyperactive and just like intense that then we immediately drop into this, and this one is just chill from the start. And it always is a little bit strange to me. Like I almost think Night Cruising would have been better suited near the end of the album, like maybe before the last track. Am I off base? You're not off base. I don't have too much of a problem with it, but you're not off base. You're on base. Yeah, I mean, completely. it's just kind of, I feel like it almost um, sort of numbs the emotional impact of the song. Like if it had been nearer to the end, it, I, it would have had like more nostalgic weight. But because it's so early, I'm just like, oh, hey, it's Night Cruising, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, either way, it was a perfect song. It's so good. <laughs> like, it, it's, um, and there's a few comments on on radio music. It was either on this or the Baby Blue single where someone just, they commented the fact that the song is only two chords. I don't, I don't really care. But oh, I, yeah, no. So this one, like, I was reading that Shinji and Zach purposefully tried to, like, strip down Fishman's sound into, like, the most bare elements on this album. Yeah, and sometimes really you don't do. really get it because, I mean, like, Sunny Blue's really busy. But this track, no, it's, it's totally just, like, a couple things happening. But the things are so effective that it's great. And like near the end, like there's enough um, like melodic variation with what Shinji's singing like in the first half of the song. And then the second half of the song is just like a lot of uh, really, really pleasant noises. Just kind of yeah. like building on top of each other until it finally ends. I, I a whole think lot of it's kind of like post-rocky, but in a way that's like fast. You know what I mean? Like it almost reminded me of like a Sigaros kind of track with like, like they have that Untitled 3 on that one album where it's yeah. just like this piano sort of playing the same melody over and over but it does slowly shift and that sort of I don't know this feels like a bit more like caffeinated version of that that's funny you say that because it's like it's you're right but it's also a really sleepy track still oh yeah it's I just so mean compared sleepy. to like some really sleepy post rock mm -hmm. but still it's it's just like so different from everything that they've done and I think it was a really bold choice to have this be the lead single but I guess they really wanted, like, they knew how good the track was. Mm -hmm. And they also probably wanted to signal to the world or their fans that, like, they were really radically switching up their sound. And it does, like, despite its, um, it's kind of just like a chill-out track, it's also, I don't know, it, it's not that sleepy. Yeah, no, it's but like it, it, it's definitely, like, I would say on this album, it's the furthest thing from a pop song. That's true. Too. Which is, yeah, but it's cool, because it's, like, the third most popular Fishman song on Spotify. It's kind of the other Fishman song. Yeah, which is really cool because it's almost like um, one of their more, ex at least up until this point, it was one of their more experimental tracks. Mm -hmm. Aside from like Reindeer or something like that. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> um, so these lyrics, we actually get a lot of English lyrics on this song. Mainly just up and down, slow, fast, slow, fast. I always thought he was saying... Um, so fast. So fast, but no, it's slow, fast. Um, what's what's he talking about? Sex. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, actually, yeah, no, because I looked at the lyrics and I also read about the background. Don't touch me. Uh, uh, the wiki, written by Kyle and a few other people. Yeah. Shout out to wiki writers. Um, it says that Shinji first conceived the song after he received his driver's license in 1995. It was right, like right after the label transfer, and he sort of was like just driving around Tokyo and he wrote this song about that experience and just the stuff he saw. Ah. This was adorable. <laughs> Man, this is my favorite Fishman song now. And I remember, cause like, I went to Japan once. <laughs> we had like a tour guide, right? It was like a school trip. And he lived in Tokyo and he was telling us how like a lot of people in Tokyo and I would assume like many large cities, they don't have cars because like everything's so close, there's nowhere to park. They live in like tiny ass apartments. So um, he had never driven a car and that's probably, I mean, 
you know, we live in Arizona and like everybody has a car. We're, we are always driving around, but I, I think it's even cool. Even in Phoenix. Even, even in Phoenix, yeah, because I mean, that's but that's definitely like an American, like even in some European cities, people don't have a ton of cars. So um, I don't know. I think the song has an interesting perspective, like sort of, it's almost like driving through a child's eyes because like so many of us have grown up doing this, but like he might have been used to like trains and stuff. So it's almost like him going out with his driver's license is like this newfound freedom and he's able to see the world like through. Wow, they really lens. presented that musically very well. They did. <laughs> That's exactly what the song sounds like. Uh, so what, there's like the sample that comes in near the back of the track. Is it Astronauts? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um, one of the voyages to the moon. It's just like the communications that was going on when they were floating around the moon. That, it's really cool because like I think at first I kind of wondered why that was included in the track. But I guess now that I know the background, it's almost like when he's driving around the city, he's seeing all these lights and he feels like he's on like another planet or he's seeing it through sort of like an explorer's eyes. That and also it sounds really cool. Yeah, on track. but he might have felt like an astronaut. Aww. His, little, his little moon rover. Aww. Aww. Petition for this to be like the first Fishman song played on the moon if we ever get to that point. The first song to be played on the moon. I mean, I'm sure they've played a song on the moon already. <laughs> no, they haven't. It was probably like... Something dumb. It's probably like Guns N' Roses. Ugh. <laughs> so here's a hot take. This is actually my least favorite version of the song. <laughs> um, because, I don't know, we get so many cool ones later, and there's just infinite versions of Night Cruising. And I don't want to talk too much about it. But like the one on Hachigatsu for me is a little bit more pleasant and smooth. And the one on 98 is just like insanely emotional due to the weight of that album. So I don't know, something about this one. Like this one's great because it's my first introduction to the song. But um, it's a little uneventful compared to later ones. But I still think it's like a super bold track, especially given the context of when it was released. Like maybe us now looking back on Fishman's, like knowing where they would go later with Long Season, like we know that they get more experimental. But I think if we had been alive at the time, this would have been like kind of shocking to us. True. Uh, if we're talking about different versions, uh, I, this isn't my favorite, but I, I'd put it right below the 98 version, personally, only because you're right that it's very emotional. But it's kind of like what I said about Zuto Mai, where it's like, usually I would rather just listen to the album version because I'm not ready for that I'm not sort ready. of Yeah, no, that's experience. true. I, I do listen to this one more than I listen to that one. Also, can we talk about the single cover for this track? I don't know if you've seen I it. I haven't seen it. What is it? Um, pull it up. Oh, here we go. Oh, there it is. They're like, oh yeah, I've seen that. They're like, I know, it's not gonna load. Oh, man. They're in sleeping bags. They're in sleeping bags and it, oh, it's, it's so cute. Nice. They're all just together. They're just huddled together. And I'm like, you know, That's why can't I the have vibe. that? Hold on, I just need Chris, to look Chris, don't, don't be sad. <laughs> I just want to see it like in its full glory. Oh, man. Oh, it's one of those covers that isn't a square. Oh, man. Is that like a cup of lean in Modigy's hand? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it was yeah. like, Modigy, more like young lean. It won't count. <laughs> we try. Uh, yeah, this song is really good, and it's very unique. And this is sort of, an, I guess, an example of what Chris was saying about the um, the tumultuous. That wasn't your letter. It could have been. It <laughs> wasn't your word. But um, no. But I mean, like, sort of the the wide range of emotions on this album. Because I mean, right after, right after. Um, Sunny Blue, where you talked about how like it makes you want to kick a child. <laughs> like, then we get this song where it's really laid back and chill, and it makes you want to like not kick a child. I want to be a child. I want to be a child. <laughs> uh, you might want to go get that checked out. All right. Uh, all right. Track number six is Shiawase. Wait, wait. 
Night cruising. Uh, uh, <laughs> track number six is Shiawasecha or a happy person. This sort of, I guess, continues a trend of Fishman songs being titled like a so-and-so person. Because I mean, on Neo Yankees, we had a tired person and now we have a happy person. And then later on, we'll have a new person. <laughs> What's up? Is it the same person? Oh, hey, this, this is a good fuck, Mary kill. Those three tracks, the three Fishman's person tracks. I would copulate with um, <laughs> probably with a happy person. Okay, interesting. I would marry a new person. Okay. And we've done this before, and I would kill a tired person. Oh, yeah, you're, you're definitely killing a tired person. I guess I would just switch it, though, because I feel like a happy person makes me feel a little bit more, like, happy than a new person. A new person is kind of just, like, intense. So I, I would know. probably, I would switch it. I would marry It gives me a happy person. It's, you know. <laughs> we're trying not to swear because we're in Chris's house, and it's forbidden. It's not like we normally swear that much on these podcasts anyway. I mean, sometimes. All right. Anyway. Chops came on and he was like, can I swear? And we told him he could. And then he's like, a bastard. And like, oh, no, 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 not that one. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Okay. So anyway, I think this is the most underrated song on the album. It's sort of like the Kuchu Camp type beat, if you will. Because at this point in the album, we've heard so many different things. This track doesn't really introduce anything new to the table. It's kind of playing with sounds that we've already heard in the album. But like, it's doing it very well. <laughs> Say better than some Say other better. This is definitely the most emotional song on this album for me. I know that would probably be night cruising for a lot of people, but I think the outro to this track is really like where I start feeling it. <laughs> no, I would I would still say night cruising is more emotional than this one to me, but this comes very close. Yes. This, say, this would be the second most emotional. This song is also kind of like a loosely structured track. I mean, maybe not quite as like bare bones as Night Cruising, but there's sort of like a hook near the beginning, but it really only repeats once and then it fades away near the middle of the track and the outro of the song is completely different. It, it's almost like kind of progressive pop a little bit. Why they really be progressing the pop game? It's just cool because like I can't really think up until this point of another Fishman song that had that kind of structure. Um, uh, the outro though, that's really the only part that is that matters, right? Well, that and also that um, is it the second chorus or the first chorus? I, I guess there is, is it really a chorus? It's the chorus where there's like that like slidey synth that like goes up and down. Oh yeah, that's so cool. That's what I mean. Oh, but yeah, this, I'm talking about like this melody. I think I'm not sure oh, if it's yeah. on like a synth or a keyboard or a guitar or whatever, but it comes in near the end and it's kind of faded, and it's like. And then you got like some voice in the back. I just assumed that was Shinji just muttering, but maybe not. Probably. Um, it's a heartbreaking melody. It's so sad. Um, just the buildup of this song. You know, like I said, it kind of just like goes to that place, and that's when the melody comes in. It's really cool. And like they could have pulled the night cruising and just had that melody going on the entire time, but I don't think that would have been as effective. Also, as it is a very small detail. The very end of this track, there's like this like delay effect. And it's like all, and then it gets like filtered, and there's a bunch of yes. like reverb, and it's just like this, ah. nice little, this ambient outro that lasts like ten so seconds, cool. and it's so good. Like, am I wrong in thinking that this is underrated? Like, I feel like I just don't see people talk about this one quite as much as they do the other tracks on this album. You might have a point, 
but to be fair, they did include it. On yeah, it's on the live album. I was gonna say, I'm really glad that it is. And that kind of shows like, they made some bold choices for that set list on the, the live album, 98, because like they could have chosen Baby Blue, which was like a single. We'll get there when we talk about that. <laughs> we'll get there. But I'm just glad that this found a home there and that maybe some more people will find it because of that. So this was the main one that I wanted to talk about the lyrics to, because I really like, when I read Chops' translation, I was kind of amazed with just like how concise the storytelling was with these lyrics. So I'm just gonna read the whole thing to you. It's not too long. Okay. So picture this. Like a display decoration, the bored husband sits in the shop, looking at something with all of his might. Everyone is living so self-absorbed. All of this world's unhappiness comes from worry. All of this world's unhappiness is just manipulated feelings and fake smiles. If we all live self-absorbed, anything will do. I only really know about her, and the music continues to sing in my chest. I only really know about her, even in my dreams, thoughts of her come to me. It is fine, just like that. So really where this lines up in the song is like, the final part where he's talking about uh, how he like doesn't know her, and like he's just dreaming about her, but he's like, I guess that's that'll be fine. That's sort of when the outro comes in. So to me that was like, oh! Because <laughs> it's just like this sad homie just like sitting alone, and then I don't, all this like yearning. Oh, it's wow. so good. I can't believe Shinji Sato is the greatest songwriter of all time. Damn, Shinji. He's, it's just, I don't know, just reading this and like, without even hearing the track while I was reading the translated lyrics, I, could, I just knew like when they were happening. It's a perfect fusion of like meaning and musical emotion. Oh, this song is so good. It's really good. <laughs> this used to be my least favorite song. Yeah, and that's what I'm like, I, I could see that happening. And I, I think used to be. We'll, we'll talk about Uchu on another episode, but I know on Uchu, I think this song kind of fulfills the same role as in the backbeat because that's another track where like it comes a little bit later in that album and by the time you reach it you're like okay like it sounds like this and it's not really it's doing like eight minutes long it's not really that. doing anything like super exciting but these songs are just like solid fishman songs and but more I so than being like a kuchu camp song it's kind of just like this is the sound of the setagaya trilogy to me and i'm not trying to involve uchi too much in this conversation but of all the tracks I would compare this to on Uchu, I'd probably say Ushiru Sugata is probably a better oh, comparison. Oh, yeah, that's true, with like an outro, yeah. And uh, that, and just because like it's the one that I kind of forget about. Okay. Not in a, nah, not in a bad way. Right, it's right. like a perfect song, right. I just mean it's that track that I know is there, and I know it's coming, and I know I love it, but <laughs> I never really think about it. Yeah, it's almost like, album. before I listened to this album today, in prep for this uh, podcast, I was like trying to rank the, uh, the songs in my head. And I was like, oh yeah, there's also like a happy person, like that's a song on there. And it wasn't until I actually heard it again that I was like, oh, like, oh, it's so good. Exactly. Yeah, but it kind of fades into memory. So don't let this one pass you by. If you've heard Kuchu like once or twice, just go listen to this on repeat. It'll be like one of your favorite Fishman songs. Are you gaslighting people? I am. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and Shinji knew it too, because they played it at their final show. <laughs> it's like the lowest rated song on that album. Oh no. On rate your music. It's <laughs> so sad. What about this album? Do you know? Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> Who knows? It probably is. Well, right. actually, I only know. Oh, Slow Days. Yeah. People hate Slow Days. I don't. I know, we love all song. Fishman songs. You're all equally valid. They're like our children at this point. We're like 20 years old, younger than them. But you're still gonna like... No, I mean, because like everyone loves all their children, but like you still have a favorite child. Oh, that's what you mean. Oh, yeah. God. Like, I mean, if we gave birth to all these songs, I'd kind of be like, hey, Slow Days. And he's like, hey, Dad. Like, do you love me? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like how I'm the least favorite kid in the family. Uh, All right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the seventh track is Subarashikute Nice Choice, which translates to, that's a wonderful nice choice. 
This is also, I guess, like a callback to the orange cover where it had like a little sticker on it that said, nice choice. So maybe like um, Slow Days, maybe this was a song that like originated from those sessions or maybe it's sort of just like a tongue in cheek, like Easter egg. Also, this track is really dark. It's so, I, I, yeah, it is. I, I Like it's the dangerous, the dangerous fishmen who were in Sunny Blue, like they came back, but this time they're like evil. Like in Sunny Blue, like Shinji sounds a little mischievous, but here he sounds like a villain. Yeah. Yeah, are they doing drugs? I, yeah, I, I'm a little skeptical calling him a villain. I feel like he's just like on a lot of drugs and he's just unhappy and in despair. So we can talk about this, but I'm not sure if Shinji is on drugs in the song or if he's like a ghost. Here, we'll get to this. I have a, okay. I have a weird theory about this song. But first, like this song opens with a sample of some, he, I'm assuming <laughs> he's like an American guy. And he's saying like- It's from a movie. It's from, oh, do you know what movie it's from? No, but I know it's- Okay, find it okay it's from a movie. But he's saying like, I, I, I couldn't get the whole thing, but he's like, I'm gonna get something to eat, take a shower, get something to eat. At three o'clock, I'm gonna rob the streets, <laughs> keep going until six, seven o'clock, and then I go get my drugs, get my poon, get my whoever I'm gonna sleep with for that night. <laughs> Why? <laughs> It'd be really funny if the song has this intro and then it's just about fishman stuff like it has nothing to do it's with not it. though yeah, true. so this is like a hip-hop song because it has that intro the beat like this is the most straight up oh also those chords in the, the chords so good like oh, yeah because it's also like it's both sinister but it's also like epic like yeah. i see like a, a, like a big city but there's like storm clouds above it and there's like evil spirits brewing Ugh. Now brewing. Shinji sounds possessed. He's singing in like a lower register than he usually does. Super nice. Yeah. But like the murky atmosphere of the song, there's like this weird sense of grandeur that's going on to everything. It feels like he's like about to die. Um, so without checking the lyrics, I always assume the song was like him just singing about being on drugs. Like, uh, but I also thought that he's singing about like the dangers of drug abuse. Because yeah. to me, it's like almost like a call and response. Like there's the intro where the guy's like, I'm gonna go do some drugs, right? <laughs> He's like a little pump character. He's like, I'm, a, dr I'm, I'm a drug addict, right? And then Shinji comes in and he's like, ooh. It's almost sort of like like a, like a Christmas a Christmas carol. I was gonna say a Christmas story. That's not the same thing. That's not <laughs> a Christmas carol. No, so I think like Shinji, I always thought he was, he was like singing from the perspective of someone who like died of like a drug overdose, right? And he's like haunting this guy. And he, I always assumed the lyrics were like, don't do drugs. You're gonna die. Ooh, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> but I always thought it was kind of sarcastic, right? Because he's saying like, oh, like that's a wonderful, nice choice. I was gonna say the title is kind of tongue in cheek. Don't yeah, you? because he's like, oh, like good for you, kid. Like you're you're doing drugs, aren't you? Cool. You know what I mean? Like you'll regret it when you're dead, like me. So I pictured like this evil like Shinji ghost like floating around the head of this young drug addict haunt and haunting him but i checked the lyrics they were super vague and obscure so i guess they don't confirm or deny this but there were a few select ones that seemed to reinforce the theory because shinji sings gently meet fate and laugh at fate so i don't know if he's saying that he's doing that or if he's like you shouldn't laugh at fate and there's also really hard right? that's my new rapper name gently meet fate and laugh at fate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my favorite rapper <laughs> there's also a line about demons falling from above what? So this song is like, it's it's very clearly like about something, something supernatural. Yeah. 
Which is so cool. Cause like so many other Fishman's lyrics are just about like love. Or and, like, no love. No love. They're kind of like on that on that incel shit. You know, here he's he, it's like something apocalyptic is happening. It's so cool. Ah. Oh. <laughs> I love this song. Um, so this is definitely the darkest Fishman song ever. Um, right? There are demons falling from the sky. There's yeah. a young man. I'm trying to think of like a darker drugs. Like, sounding Fishman song, but I think in terms Maybe of Maybe like lyrics. you're gonna hate this Pacific Ocean. I'm not I was, wrong. I was gonna say like I don't know. Or something on like Kingmaster. I was gonna say like reindeer, but that's more like yeah. twisted than it is. Yeah, that's just like well, look at us. We made a, a weird like jazz song. Yeah, no, this is like kind of evil. Um, I also said this track's immense Kuchu is Fishman's most. In, I'm doing like f finger quotes. Urban right. album, maybe right behind Kingmaster George, because I feel like Kingmaster definitely takes place in like a city. I feel like you mean urban more literally than like the Grammys say urban. So yeah, no, I mean urban like like this is this in is a in a city, yeah. yeah. Like especially at this point we've gotten like Sunny Blue and Night Cruising and now Nice Choice. These are all songs where I picture like huge skyscrapers and just like urban sprawl and like concrete. Oh, it's pretty cool because this is an urban album and then you could say like Long Season's like a rural album and then Uchumi yeah. Fonseca. It's like a space, space album. album. <laughs> That's crazy how it works. <laughs> yep. Uh, they're definitely it's a trilogy. So, but yeah, just just like the smoggy, like electric vibe going on here. And the hip hop drums on this track, specifically on this album. They really they, hit. They really hit. And I think honestly, like, the Coochie was probably Fishman's best aged album. Just because of like, the really? kind of, I don't know, like the kind of music that's popular right now. It's like how Neo Yankees has aged the, the worst. Because yeah. it sounds, it's, it's doing all these like 90s cliches. But I think, I don't know, like all the hip hop, elements in in Kuchu really still hold at least for me I feel like them because there's a good amount um, there's a good amount of songs in this album that do some trip hop flavors and I, I just feel like trip hop is very firmly cemented in like the early 2000s and then uh, that's true but also I guess if you would say that Uchu I mean Uchu let's say Uchu sounds just a little bit more uh, but Uchu is also playing with these kind of like down tempo sounds that are also very like Sometimes, but I think there's just enough, <laughs> yeah. like, sort of, like, dreamy, like, post-rock I don't know. I think the difference, though, is, like, when I hear trip-hop, and it's, like, British trip-hop, that's what I associate with the 90s, because I think of, like, Massive Attack and, like, you know, yeah. The only trip-hop <laughs> Massive Attack. But something about, Who's I don't the know. the other one? Um, like Moby. Moby. But who, gorillas? I know there's... <laughs> Shut up. No, but, yeah, the, the trip-hop here is, it just doesn't sound like that trip-hop. So that's why I guess it sounds a little bit more current. Um, but yeah, I'm finna nominate Coochie Camp for the best urban contemporary album at the Grammys. There's the <laughs> other one. He they, Googles Trip Hop. Portishead. Oh, Portishead, duh. Whoops. But they're like, they're Trip Hop, but they're more like funky jazz. <laughs> Getting sucked off in the ocean, call that Porpoise Head. Okay. <laughs> Next track. Next track. Well, the final track. Man, this album's only eight songs. Um, this one is Atarashihito, or a new person, or just new person. Oh, this is the best fishman song. Oh yeah, we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> it's so not. It's not. But apparently, it's... some sources list this as a bonus track. What? Like maybe originally this might have been a bonus track, but it's not. Like it shouldn't be. 
Yeah, no, imagine an album ending, imagine this album ending with nice yeah, choice. Yeah, like nice choice, it also just fades out like very abruptly, that would have been a horrible ending. This is very clearly like the ending to the album. <laughs> and let so. me tell you, this is, bear with me here, this is yeah. probably one of the strangest sounding Fisherman songs I've ever heard. And, and like, a, I can explain it better if you like, yeah, no, because I guess for me, I distinctly remember, this is like one of their most immediate songs for me, because like back when Chris was getting me into the band, we were just listening to everything chronologically after we had listened to like Kingmaster. So we were driving around one night just listening to Kuchu, and like by the time we got to this song, just off the bat, I was like, oh, like this is the song. Yeah. And I think for me, I mean, I always talk about gorillas, but it's because like this really does sound like a, like a phase one, like gorillas self-titled kind of track. But better no because like you know you got that dubby element this is probably like fishman's most dubby track up to this point and the synth melody that keeps coming in sounds like a melodica and it's just super sparse and it's it's very hip-hoppy once again but it's just like it's so simple it's that, so um, simple it's it just also, hit i don't know it hit me really quick it's so spacey yeah it's so like i feel like i'm stoned out of my mind when this song plays oh and i have oh i was gonna say i have a little story for you don't want to hear my little story have i heard it before maybe i think well, i told you sort of so i was in colorado last week i went on a trip to colorado with my dad i think you oh maybe yeah you so that. you know we're in colorado and what do they have in colorado legal well, we did we did hike but they they also have legal marijuana and um, I was like, hey, I mean, I'm here. Why not shell out like a 20 and then see what I can get? So I bought like little chewable like edibles, right? And I, I take one one night, we're back at the hotel. It had been like an hour and stupid me, like I forgot that edibles take a long time to kick in because they don't just like immediately go into your bloodstream. You have to eat it and then it like digests, it goes through your liver. So I had eaten one and nothing had happened for like an hour and I was like, oh darn, I wasted my money, right? So I'm just laying in bed, I'm like, I guess I'll just listen to Fishman's. So I turned on, at first I played Ikareta Baby, and then I played this, and around the end of Ikareta Baby, I was like, uh. <laughs> and then once after Shihito started, I was like, oh. <laughs> and that was the point when it hit. And I could tell because like, I mean, this song is pretty long, right? But it felt like it went on for like, a year like I'm sitting there and it, it was so peaceful and there was a moment where I was like damn like I've been listening to Atarashi Hito for like a while now and I pick up my phone and we were only like a minute into the track we oui. <laughs> oui. and I'm like ah and then the trip ended horribly and like I ended up in like cold sweats and my heart was racing and I wanted to die and like my throat closed up but for the first part of it where I was listening to Fishman's, it was very nice. Yeah, now this is the song you play when you have an edible. Like, let me tell you. <laughs> Chris doesn't know. I don't know, but I just assume this is the one you'd go for. And I've told, I've mentioned this multiple times. I'm, I've not mentioned it on the podcast because uh, we're just now talking about the album. I just distinctly remember one night at like a donut shop at like one in the morning. <laughs> I'm doing my homework with this like on repeat and I'm like half asleep doing like macroeconomics homework. And this is just like, ingrained in my mind yes. at this point because it's just I was just looping it I so like, oh. I mean I know you told me that you were a little bit kind of iffy on this track at first right yeah because it's so simple and it, it like it doesn't seem to like do anything and I showed another one of my friends that friend being Ian and he was like yeah, that's kind of like an anticlimactic like ending to the album. Yeah, like it doesn't really go anywhere, but I don't think that's the point. Like, no, it's not. It's definitely it's sort of like its power lies in the repetition, and it's it's so lonely. And if you read the lyrics to this album, I and mean, we did the one earlier, but a lot of these tracks are being like about being alone, and this song makes you feel 
Like, I feel like I'm, you've I'm like in the l- middle of like an empty city at like five in the morning. Yeah, or like um, you've like left the city, and it's like if we're gonna truly view Setagaya trilogy as like a trilogy, then oh maybe <laughs> this is the song where kind of like you're walking out of the city into the wilderness, and That's then the wilderness season. opens in long season. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, it's just like it's it's deceptively simple. Might I say, because I was just about to call this song, like, uh, it sounds like you're half asleep. It, would it be fair to call this song hypnagogic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, what it, that, that's what it reminds me of, at least. It's, it's yeah. very um, easy. So, yeah, we mentioned the, the synth that comes in. The really cool whistling. It's sort of like Baby Blue, where there's, there's only a few different things happening, but they all really add to the vibe of the track. But I think my, the most underrated part of this track is probably those little, like, ghostly moans that open it, and they, they mm. sort of come in the back, but it almost sounds like wind. It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> Makes me feel, this track, <laughs> I, I think when I said this is like one of the strangest Fisherman's tracks, it's because it makes me feel the weirdest. Yeah. I don't know what I'm, I don't yeah, know Yeah, like, it's not, it's kind of depressing, but it's also, like, <laughs> what, I, I would only say that the instrumental is depressing, because Shinji's vocals are kind of, like, hopeful a little bit. It's just, it's a it's weird, it's a weird mix of emotions. Um, of course, the sample that comes halfway through the little. Well, yeah, there's a rain sound sample, but then after the rain sound sample, the beat kind of everything cuts out except for the beat, and then we just get it's like boom, ah, boom, ah, <laughs> and there's just a guy going ah. This is sort of like the second time Fishmans do this after Woofer Girl, where there's just like, whoo, ah. <laughs> so like, why they love men just going ah. Oh. <laughs> Also, I mean, you're talking about like very few elements being, and that, that's the whole track. There's a couple of very, very small noises that happen like near the beginning and like at the end. And they're like really hard to hear, but like without them, it would make like a big difference. There's like this granular sound, like it's way in the background, but it's there throughout like most of the track. And there's also this little like hissing noise that plays for like a split second like every so often in the beat and i'm just like they really put those sounds in there. No. and they don't immediately have any impact until you like yeah. recognize that they're there's there. a lot like yeah it's, there's a lot going on like behind the scenes and just like the i mean you've said that the song is psychedelic and i sort of disagreed with you because like you know to I was me thinking about it and that's why i settled on hypnogon yeah because like, like to me psychedelia is a bit more complex it's like different things happening over each other to make this like weird collage but also I mean, this song definitely has a psychedelic effect on you, even That's if it's I mean. even if the song is not psychedelic. But I so I don't know, like maybe it is. But yeah, it's just like um, oh, also with that with that ah sound. Wasn't there a video recently that Modigi posted on Twitter where like he's playing drums and like he uses like the ah sound again? Yeah. And it was like the exact same ah sound, right? He only has like two sounds in the sample <laughs> library. I just think it's really funny that we're like over 20 years after this album came out and Modigi is really still going like ah. <laughs> Good for you man. Keep so it going. Funny. I love you. Um, but yeah, like there's, it's almost like yearning mixed with dread, mixed with like a bleak hope all together. But I think what's cool about this is that like it's honestly the perfect way to close out the album because the whole album has been so scattershot with its emotions that this track kind of puts them all together in like one thing. Like you, it feels like a perfect follow-up to Nice Choice because it has that like ghostly fear element. But you also get some of the beauty of some of the earlier tracks, and it makes yeah, it makes this weird color that I'm. It's like a gray. I'm not sure how to feel about it. It's definitely a gray. I had, again another small detail I forgot to mention. 
there's so much reverb on Shinji's voice. Like it, like when he's singing, you don't hear it, but there's just this giant tail of reverb that like exits his voice as he finishes a phrase. And it's like, oh, that's so much. This reverb. is kind of like the best Fishman it's song. Like the best song. I mean, it's actually, not, my favorite Fishman song is another version of this song, but and we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, so, oh my God, it's the perfect closer. And like by the time this album is over, I mean, none of the songs really pass like seven minute mark, right? But um. It, it just feels like a full album, even though it's a little bit shorter than some of their previous ones. You say it's shorter, it's like still 45 minutes long. Yeah, but I mean, they were making like 50 minute albums before. Um, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> or like, Oh Mountain was like over an hour. <laughs> so I love, uh, every track is so unique. Um, and that's what really separates this from stuff like Uchu, or even their earlier albums for me, is that I think every other Fishman's album has like a distinct vibe like you go into the album and you know you're kind of getting like variations on one thing but not so much here but it's still cohesive that's how an album should be yeah. not not should be but i feel like a lot of great albums are consistent but they do a lot of things. yeah that's like and that's what cool. makes me want to revisit this a little bit more than other fishman's albums so i do disagree with shinji with one thing he he said in regards to this album or i guess the whole band did that it was like one song in eight parts no and that, I guess that was sort of what inspired them to actually make a longer song in a bunch of parts, like Long Season. But this song, like, the, these songs are not similar at all. Like, they're consistent in terms of the kind of instruments and just, like, vague I things, but not they, in terms of actual I sound. I wonder if they were just, like, tying together these vague <laughs> yeah. thematic elements and saying... Being it's alone. Kind of, it's like, wow, the album progresses to a certain point near the end as if, like, other albums don't. Like, plenty of albums do that. <laughs> yeah. Linear progression is kind of just a natural thing that happens in music. Yeah. But, you know, it's mm. cool. I'll let them have I guess what I mean is, like, I forget. I think the album was um, Shrines by Purity Ring. There was, like, a Pitchfork review of it back in the day that I really remember. And they, it, that's one of those albums where, like, every song kind of sounds the same. And the Pitchfork review was like, you know, every song is almost like you're looking at a statue from a different angle. And I think that's what Shinji was trying to say that Kuchu is. But it's really not. I think this album is, like, eight different statues. And they're all, like, very well-sculpted and they're doing different things, but they're all made by like the same sculptor, and they're all from like the same series of statues. The statue that <laughs> Slow Days is, is just someone sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the statue that's like sunny blue is someone kicking jumping for, oh, kicking, I was gonna say jumping for joy after they kick a child. <laughs> yeah, the one for um, Atari Shihito is no nothing. Oh, <laughs> modern art. A new person, but there's not a person. It's just like the base of a statue with like a foot on it. <laughs> oh. So yeah, that's the album. Um, I guess, yeah, final thoughts. So like our top three tracks, this was impossible for me because like, like I said, every song on here is perfect. I really wanted to put a happy person in my top three, but it just barely missed because like the songs are so good. So um, my number three is Subarashikute, Nice Choice. It's just so unique. It has a vibe that no other Fishman song has. Instrumentation is crazy. We forgot to mention that really cool like piano solo in that song. Ooh, oh, do, it's so good. Do, 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 There's so many do, levels. Do, do, it's do, do, it's great. It's number three. What's your number three? Or number three? Uh, <laughs> I just realized. Uh, Shiwasesha. Oh, nice. That, is, that has grown Heck on me like yeah. no other Fishman song has. That's not true, but it it's definitely becoming um, a staple of the Fishman's music. For it's me. a staple. Colin Vince. I'm full, of, I'm full of jokes today. Number two. Uh, my number two is Baby Blue. Um, I know this might be a hot take, and people are like, it's so popular. But I don't know, maybe I just, I'm just late to the party, but Baby Blue to me is just... Most people would be fine with you. Oh, it's just, it's two. a perfect song, man. It's, it's a yeah. pop song. I love it. 
It's just that flute. If that flute wasn't there, it wouldn't be my number two. But that bass too, I would honestly probably have it at number four, but it does not crack oh, the top three. Baby I'm blue. sorry. What's your number two? Ah, my number two is Night Cruising. Night Cruising. That's good because it's not in my top three. <laughs> exactly. See, we're oh these these top threes are gonna be very. Look different. at us. We both put an accessible. I'm not. I, they're all accessible. We both put a mainstream Fishman song as number two. That's right. And I think I know what we both put as number one. Uh, oh, <laughs> it's man. Atarashihito. It's true. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's once again we agree. We should get another host who like doesn't agree with us. Like my favorite song is actually slow. Man, the show's kind of just us jerking each other off. Um, but yeah, it's the best song on the album. It's so unique and it's just the perfect closer and like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a cat. Um, yeah, my, so our least favorite track is also the same. I would assume slow days. It's not really close. Like there's no other track on this album that I would put as the worst track. It's like definitely slow days. I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry. It's really slow days. good. You're it's fun. It's really good. It's better than like most songs. Oh, yeah, like, compared to a lot of, like, stuff on earlier Fishman's albums, Slow Days is great. Like, if, if Slow Days had appeared on, like, Neo-Yankees, it would be in, like, my top five. <laughs> I was more talking about, like, songs in general. Or just songs in general, it's yeah. better than, like, oh, most yeah. songs. That's what we mean. Like, we're going to be critical of stuff in the Set of Gaia trilogy, but, Probably like... because we have to. Yeah. It's, like, criticizing, like, what's something that's perfect? It depends on the person. I don't know. I don't know. Like the, the Bible. I mean, I, I don't know. We do that all the time. Yeah, no, but I mean, it's like you're reading the Bible and you're like, oh, this chapter was kind of poorly written. It's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I guess. I mean, it's not really <laughs> the point of the Bible, but you know, true. Top three moments. Okay, I'll just do them all. My top three moments are just from my top three tracks, but like switched around. So number three would be the ah in Atarashihito. It's just like iconic. Whenever it comes in, I kind of laugh. That's another emotion that that track conjures is like humor. But like kind of a <laughs> but weird like a sense weird of, humor. You're like, should I be laughing? <laughs> yeah, my number two is the beefy flute in Baby Blue. It's just like it's a fat flute, man. Our definition of moment is very unclear. Well, it's a moment because it's like one element. I don't know. Oh, it's yeah, the flute. Funny. The flute. It's a moment. And then number one is, is when I gotta go get my poon. That whole little monologue that opens up. See if I actually could. That'd probably be one of my favorite. Moments. It's just so funny. <laughs> Um, okay, this one I didn't really think too hard about because I'm, again, an unprofessional podcast host. Wow. Uh, I guess my number three moment would probably be, ooh, it would probably be that second chorus in Baby Blue with the strings in oh, it. Oh, the string chorus. Oh, That was, oh man, that is, ooh, man. It, it kind of goes from being like a boo to like a ba. Yeah, you could say that. All right, I think my second favorite moment. Ooh, the melody in Zutomai. Damn, you're just choosing a melody as a moment. I mean, well, I guess I, I chose I, a flute. Yeah, you're I probably know, that's good. That's why I said it. No, but especially the last time the melody is repeated. Oh, yeah, that's valid. Where it's coupled with like an actual violin. It's kind of hard to hear in the mix. But, you're valid. Yeah, but like that moment when that melody is cemented as like one of the best melodies ever written. <laughs> melody. Uh, my favorite moment. Um, this one's a, a bit longer, but it's basically like the outro. Drum roll. You didn't get that. You didn't get a drum roll. It's the outro to our Atarashihito. Oh. It's not of an outro. It's more just like the elements slowly like fading away. Yeah. But um, what I said about Shinji's voice having a lot of reverb on it, the reverb on his voice is lost, but that reverb is then put onto that like harmonica. Like, yeah. they're, like the harmonica and like the whistle now have like a bunch of reverb on it and they're just like, they just slowly get farther and farther uh, What if we took the reverb from Shinji's voice and moved it over there? 
right. The outro to Itaru Shihito is... Uh, Man. Also, I got to shout out the outro of a happy person. Because, I mean, like, it's beautiful. I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't include it as a moment just because it's, like, kind of long. But it, it's I so s- good. I counted the outro to... So we'll give it, like, an honorary moment. I mean, this is going to be our podcast from here on out where every single moment is, like, a best moment. <laughs> yeah, or we just kind of come up with things on the spot because we forgot to mention them earlier. Because there's so much to talk about. So yeah, this album is a 10 out of 10, a hard 10 out of 10. It's a hard 10 out of 10, like, I'm I think, sorry guys. I, you know, the only Fishings album up until this point that I've given a 10 out of 10 was Kingmaster, but I think that was kind of a soft 10 out of 10. Like, it's a 10 out of 10, but there's stuff on that album that I don't really like. But here it's like, oh, like, I heard this album and I was like, damn, that's a 10 out of 10. Uh, they're both hard 10 out of 10s for me. Uh, I would also give, like, orange, basically, a 10 out of 10. Yeah, okay, you, know? you love Fishman's. Yeah. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Thanks. Um, this is where Fishman's go from good, from not even from good to great. They go from great to, like, incredible. Um, and we don't know why that is. It's truly, like, an insane step up from orange. And orange is so good. And then you get here and you're just like, ah, like they became a new band. That's Maybe Hakase was holding them back. Maybe, and that, that's what it is. They just they just end up doing completely different things that they weren't necessarily... Even attempting before. Yeah, it isn't as if... Some people like to say, oh, these are like stepping stones into like what they'll become later, but like not really. Because yeah. I feel like after Orange, they just did different things. It, well, yeah, it wasn't like stepping stones. It was like they just took an elevator up to like the 30th floor, and then it was like Kuchu time. <laughs> and like some people might say it was Zach, but like even Zach was... Zach produced like Neo Yankee. Yankee's yeah. holiday. I don't know if it was Zach. Now, of course, I don't want to discredit him because he definitely was oh, yeah. like the reason some Fishman's tracks are as good as they are. Like he's definitely like the fourth Fishman. But um, uh, bitch, no. what about Hanzi? I put Zach above Hanzi. Man. Well, okay, no. Chris hates women. Confirmed. <laughs> Zach is the fifth Fishman that Hanzi did. <laughs> there we go. You know what I mean. Zach was <laughs> an inseparable part of the band. He. It's good. Anyway, Kuchu. But yeah, no, I also think Kuchu is probably the first moment when Fishman's have their own sound. Like, up until this point, every Fishman's album was like, Fishman's doing something. You know what I mean? Except for Kingmaster George. But Kingmaster George, they're still doing something. They're doing like what everyone does on their sophomore album, where they just throw everything at the wall and see see what sticks. Give me another sophomore album that is as crazy as Kingmaster George. A lot of sophomore albums. Tell me one later. I don't know, I can't think of albums off the top of my head. But it's just the thing. It's like, you could tell what they were doing. But here it's like... You know, if I was selling, like, Orange to someone, I'd be like, oh, you know, it's Fishman's doing, like, a funk rock sound. Or if I was selling Neo-Yankees, I'd be like, they're doing sort of, like, a pop reggae thing. Like, you know. Like, were you, were you alive in the 90s? Here you go. Yeah, but if I, if I, if I had to, like, describe Coochie to someone, I would just be like, it sounds like Fishman's. Like, they're not doing any one thing, really. Look, I, I, I'm sorry for bringing up, like, other albums while we're discussing this one, but it's just funny that you say, like, if you're trying to sell Orange to somebody, you would say, like, oh, it's like a, it's Fishman's doing funk rock. When on that episode, we discussed the fact that it's not very funky at it's all. It's kind of funky. A couple tracks. <laughs> oh, anyway. Damn. Yeah, this Call is, me out. this is very definitive Fishman's And sound. everything after this point is just Fishman's. Like... They, they created their own thing. Good job. Wow. I get why people are like, I'm just going to listen to these three albums and nothing else. Uh, yeah. So yeah, the, just the range of sounds and emotions on display within this tight eight tracks. It's the definition of like streamlining your album to excellence and perfection. There's n- It's all killer. There's no filler. Even the one track that we don't really care for as much. It's not because it's like boring. It's just because like... It, it did what the other tracks did, just not as well. Yeah. Um, it's probably in my top 10 albums of all time, maybe like 20. Uh, it's, it doesn't rank the highlight for me. I love this album. It's a perfect, it's like, yeah, top 50 maybe. (laughs) 
man. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I gotta say about it. That's a, wait, hold on. Coochie camp. So, yeah, I mean, next episode, we're going to talk about long season. I have no idea how we're going to talk about long season. I've kind of been dreading it because, like, I don't, I don't know if we, I mean, we're going to have to break it up into parts, right? No. No, we're just going to be, it's, I don't, it'll probably be like a short episode. I don't know. Here, okay, look, maybe we shouldn't include this deliberation in the podcast, but I will just suggest (laughs) this while we're here. I feel like we should just do our best to talk about it, like, linearly, linearly, like just. Then this happens. I don't know. We'll see. We'll but see. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I really hope I get the letter L for long season so I can just <laughs> say that it's long. <laughs> Hopefully I get S. So I get season. <laughs> it's seasonal. But so, I bet everyone's looking forward to that one. Coochie um, Camp. Man. It's so good. It's so good. So we'll see you again next month for long season. I, I don't think we're having a guest on that one, right? We're going to have some guests on Uchu for sure. We're going to have one of our friends and one of his friends and then maybe at some point in the future we can bring Mr. Chops back. Maybe Chops one Maybe Chops can come on long season maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll have some surprises in store and then once we finish Setagaya we'll be talking about all of the other live things and then yeah and then we're just gonna implode. So yeah. Oh also we haven't been telling people where to find us on the internet but they can also do that. We are Fishman's Podcast on Instagram. Please follow us so that when we do our next like um listener poll you can just send us stuff on there instead of like emailing us. And again, um, we're also the fish cast on Twitter. I promise I'll make our first he, post he's tomorrow. He's tweeted like nothing. I uh, there's one tweet and it just says fishman's. Love that. <laughs> anyway, no, no, for I we will be active on Twitter in case anyone cares. I don't think anyone's going to the fish cast. No, it's cool. The Instagram is more important. But um, yeah. And if you ever have, okay. if there's anything we said that was blatantly false or. If you just want to, like, say hello, you can email us. Fishmanspodcast at gmail.com. Tell us that you love us or that you hate us or that you hate Fishmans, and then we'll just block you. Anyway, bye.